Yeah. Well, hey, guys, it's, um, it's time uh, for my annual State of Wellspring address um, that we give uh, kind of as, as, the, the, as we head into each new calendar year. I'm not sure what my approval rating is these days. Um, according to Adam, I'm legit, so not sure what that means for my reelection uh, opportunities. Um, but my desire today is to kind of just update you on kind of progress and movement um, during 2019 and also kind of give you some idea of the vision and direction that we want to head in 2020. So those of you that know me well know that I'm not a person that likes to stay stagnant. Um, mediocracy is like the worst possible thing in the world I can think of. So um, the great thing is that we serve a God um, who is moving. And so, you know, when he gave his last words to his disciples, he said, hey, listen, guys, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And even as you look at how the word of God is described, it's described as living and active. And so the comforting thing for me is that I know as I go before the Lord and been praying about this for the last month or so about just direction for us in the year ahead, I know that God is going to have us move and that, that he's going to be bent towards growth. And so that's it's always exciting for me. Here's the trap, though. As Bob Goff tweeted out just the other day, this is what he said. It's easy to confuse a lot of activity with a purposeful life. See, being busy is easy. Being busy about the right things, though, takes some planning and some prayer and, and some discernment. So right out of the gate, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you guys in particular. I was reading through Romans 1 on New Year's Day, and this verse just kind of jumped out at me. Um, Paul's writing to the Christians in Rome, and he wrote this in Romans 1.8. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. And guys, I don't know if I can tell you how proud I am. Um, to be just associated with this group of people. Um, literally, uh, when I go around St. Joe and just parts of greater Kansas City area, people know about Wellspring, and they know about the, the leadership that you guys show in, in a in ton of uh, different arenas that we can celebrate, whether it's caring for the vulnerable, um, through fostering, adopting, or through Care Portal, investing in college kids through our intern program, loving adolescents through Young Life, coming alongside the neighborhood initiatives that we do here are going deeper to help people heal from their wounds or traumas that they've experienced in life. Um, Wellspring folks are leaders in a lot of those endeavors. Um, I always have stories to share <laughs> with other churches about different ways that we've engaged in so many different areas. And our staff people hear great things about you as they go around the community about how you care for the lost and the lonely and the hurting and the desperate people in our city. And that is no small thing. And so I want to celebrate with all of you just your obedience in those areas really for years. This is not really a new thing. But it's an honor to be associated with you. It's an honor to be your pastor, to be your friends, to be brothers and sisters in Christ with you. Um, and just like Paul, I, I thank my God for all of you. And, and I mean that sincerely. Um, 
So 2019 was a year of, I think, continued growth and depth for us as a church. Um, we saw significant growth in connection and discipleship um, with Justin's leadership and a lot of you guys that have led some groups. We um, now have over 15 groups, small groups meeting on a regular basis with over 150 adults who are engaged in spiritual community. Um, and I've said it here many times that, that there is not an expression of Christianity apart from people being engaged in intentional spiritual community with one another. There is no definition of Christianity that's just a, a Lone Ranger mentality. Hebrews uh, 10, 24 and 25 says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. You see, we know that we're all locked in a significant spiritual battle. That we have an enemy whose mission it is to, is to mess with our lives, to destroy us if possible, and we need each other. So thank you to everyone that led groups or that got engaged in groups in the past year. Um, it's a worthwhile endeavor. People are frustrating. I know it's hard <laughs> um, to be connected, but it's um, essential to our faith. So Rob Howitt, I'm going to take a drink of water here. He made fun of me at our wedding reception, the wedding reception for his daughter the other night when he's giving a speech, talking about how Pastor Bob gets drinks of water all the time during his messages. So. But 2019 also brought um, opportunities to go deeper in specific topics. Um, so like we did a, a parenting simulcast and a little discussion in class um, that was really um, important in this past year. Um, in addition to things like Men's Encounter, which addresses a ton of specific things going on in guys' lives. And what I see in a lot of people here is really a sincere desire to grow. I see people that want to be better friends, better parents, better spouses, better leaders. Um, and in addition, I've seen so many of you take the extra step to pursue personal counseling in areas of your life that you know are just kind of broken and need some healing and breakthrough. And that's a really courageous step. And so I just want to tell you, I'm just proud of so many of you that have done that in the past couple of years. Um, we will continue as a church to be an army of wounded healers. Um, safe places for broken folks to come and be loved and encouraged, but also challenged to move forward. Because we have the credibility of people who've, who have faced their demons themselves. And guys, that's, a, that's an extremely hard kind of culture to create. And so I'm just grateful for the folks that have, that have gone in at that level of depth in their own healing so that they can be people that others can come to as well and feel safe with. 2019 also saw the purchase of our new home across the street. We were talking about that a little over a year ago, buying it actually just like last spring. Um, what that allowed us to do was to move in some college interns into our neighborhood for the summer. So we had a guy's house and a girl's house. We had 13 interns that, that lived here day in and day out. And that really did a couple different things. One is it allowed there to be more kind of um, boots on the ground in our neighborhood um, where that kids could interact with uh, daily. But it also provided a communal opportunity for our interns. And I think that that's really important for them to learn how to forgive and be forgiven and to serve and be served and love and be loved in the midst of sharing a small space with a lot of other people. So um, that was really um, important during that time. Um, so thank you, first of all, to all the um, Wellspring folks that financially invested in that home purchase as well. 
And finally, the other area from 2019 I want to highlight is the continued growth in the arena of fostering and adopting. We had several new families in 2019 um, sign up and, and go through the uh, paperwork process with their adoption, and, and there are several of them at various stages of that. It's been super exciting to watch their um, community groups and their friends kind of gather around them, support, encourage them, and fundraising and support and prayer um, along the way. Um, as a church, uh, we continue to offer financial assistance to anyone who signs up for adoption. So if that's something you're thinking about, know that you can come to us and request some money, and we're going to give it to you. So that's a commitment that we have. I'm also grateful that we hired Marissa in this past year to kind of lead our ministry to care for those families that are bringing vulnerable kids into their home. Um, we really believe that as a church that this is kind of an all-in ministry for us, that every one of us here has a role to play in caring for those parents or caring for those kids as they come into our own homes, um, financially encourage them, whatever it might look like, um, but especially in a town and in a neighborhood where the needs are so great. Uh, we just simply can't uh, watch uh, idly by. <laughs> so now we're going to turn our attention to the year ahead. And one of the things I just want you to make, make you aware of is as a board, we have just really worked hard to try to increase our financial giving just in the missional realm. And one of the things that's been exciting to see is we've just had some, some folks that have grown up in our church that have moved on now into adulthood and are working in ministries. And so we've been able to come alongside um, guys like Kyle Fox, who's doing FCA in Minneapolis now and support him financially, we've been able to support Hannah. Um, in Iceland, and, and she's going to be heading back there as well to help um, Logan and Carla in the year ahead. In addition to the things we've talked about during the Advent season, things like Sisters of Solace and Food for Kids and Care Portal and Young Life. So our board has been really excited to kind of stretch ourselves financially to see, you know, how many people we can come alongside financially and encourage them um, in the next year. An area that we're going to uh, intentionally continue to dive into in this next year is this area of practical application, practical life application. So in addition to things we've already done, like the parenting simulcast, which I think we'll do again, um, we are going to be diving into some things, um, taking a look seriously at addiction issues. I know there's a group that are meeting to talk about um, issues of addiction, as well as an upcoming class we're going to be getting ready and starting on just mental battles that a lot of people face. And so Justin and Zach, the next three Sundays, are going to be doing a sermon series on what it looks like to love God with all your mind. And then they're going to do like a four-week study followed up on that. It'll be an optional thing you guys can come to. But it's going to take a look at what does it look like to love God with all your mind while you're also battling <laughs> obsessive kind of ongoing irrational thoughts, um, anxiety, depression. And how do you navigate that um, our desire to try to partner with folks who are seeking healing in places that they can see um, there's some, some things that are hindering their personal and spiritual growth. So please pray for us as we make significant strides in 2020 to try to step into those messy places with folks, to provide them with hope, to provide them with community and clarity um, for their lives. So one place where we want to see some increased emphasis as a church is with our youth. Um, just so that you know, we're going to commit. Our board um, has a semi-annual retreat, so we do one in August, we do one in March. So our March retreat is going to be pretty much focused on just what does the next five years look like for us as a church as it relates to our youth. Um, as you saw, some of the kids getting baptized up here, a lot of the kids that were born in Wellspring, so to speak, um, 
are now heading into their middle school years getting ready to. And so we want to have a very specific plan for how we're going to address that, maybe a little bit differently than we have in the past. Um, so one thing we know is that we're committed to keeping our youth development um, an eclectic experience that marries several streams of influence. And so while we might uh, commit more finances and staffing to our youth program here, we also see value in continuing our connection with Young Life, as well as the role of the internship and the neighborhood ministry and the, the significant things that those have played in our youth throughout the years here at Wellspring. So we believe that raising spiritually engaged adolescents is a team effort. Um, in addition to any staff members we might bring on, we're going to need parents we're going to need volunteers who are willing to commit some time to come alongside um, our youth as well. Um, to put it simply, and I really want you to hear this, this has been our philosophy from, from the very beginning. There is no substitute for parents, for parents whose hearts are fully alive and engaged in the kingdom. Parents will continue to have the greatest impact on their children's spiritual development. We will have much more information to share with you as we spend some time in that retreat and kind of talk through in the months ahead. We just want you to know it's on our radar, okay? So um, the final area that I want to discuss is, is possibly, I mean, it's just an, it's an important thing. Um, a friend of mine sent me an article recently um, written by this guy who used to be a managing editor at Christianity Today. And he was kind of reflecting on his own spiritual journey at a point in his life and he was saying that at this in this season of life when he was writing for christianity today and editing articles and stuff on a daily basis um that he uh, said he said i was doing all of the right christian things i was going to church i was serving um i was reading my bible and praying every day um but he said that if he was honest that he would say that um he wasn't that interested in really learning how to love god more deeply he, he just honestly, life was kind of working out for him. He, he was looking at his life, and he was kind of, he'd learned kind of how to play the Christian game. And he wasn't sure that he wanted to come, that for God to kind of come in and start messing with um, his routine. Um, and, and so, um, you know, it was a really challenging um, space for him. And as I looked at that story, it was really interesting, and it was heartbreaking, because I've seen a lot of people over the years that also were kind of trying to play the game. Um, and so his story just got me thinking. And then a few days later, I came across this tweet. Um, uh, this lady says, at our Bible study or Bible doing, they called it a Bible doing instead of a Bible study. <laughs> we read what God has to say and then focus all of our attention on what we are going to do about it. Just agreeing isn't enough. I can't think of a single time where Jesus asked his friends to just agree with him. And I love that, you know, that we would maybe call our, our Bible studies Bible doings, and that that would be our, our mindset. Um, our desire is to see people to be obedient as they're being transformed by the Holy Spirit, so that as those 15-plus small groups that we've got going on here get together, what our main emphasis would be was that how are we changing and aligning our thoughts and actions with the gospel, while also exploring what broken places in us, the, the traumas, the wounds, the triggers that we have that are hindering our ability to move forward in healthy ways. To be honest with my group of guys, we call it kind of places where we're stuck. 
you know, you, we, we're studying stuff and we're learning things. We know the things we ought to be doing, but because of some of our own brokenness, we're kind of stuck in a place emotionally that or whatever that we can't get through to the other side and that we would lean into those places in community and help one another. And guys, this is a deep and hard work, which takes a sincere commitment uh, on everybody involved to see any progress at all. And here's the image that God kind of gave me this week as I was thinking about this. Um, some of you guys know I'm kind of, I was a history major, so I'm a history buff, so I read a lot of books. And so I end up reading a lot of books about war in particular. And so in World War II, when the American troops had landed in Normandy and started working their way across France and Belgium and into Germany, um, it was literally like a town-by-town movement. It was very slow, block by block, house by house. And that's kind of where we started coining the phrase house by house fighting, okay? It was slow. It was dangerous. You kind of never knew what was lurking around the next corner. And um, it was urban warfare. And to me, that's what a true Christian discipleship looks like. It's life on life, family on family, house and by house, one house at a time. And towards the end, we want to have some, towards that end, we want to have some additional training um, for our small group leaders and how to help people make deep changes. Guys, when you're sitting down from someone and you're asking them to make some steps and some changes in their life that they don't want to do, <laughs> there's a skill involved in how to help people do that. And so we really want to help equip some of our small group leaders in how to take people to those places and confront some areas where they're stuck or broken um, so we can serve our small groups well. Hand in hand with obedience and growth is a, a more clear understanding of the nature of the grace offered to us in Christ Jesus. In February, so after they do this next series here, the next three weeks, I'm going to be starting our spring sermon series. It's going to be called Moved by Grace. And I hope we'll come away with a deep appreciation, a greater appreciation of God's incredible love for us. And that that would be the fuel for the change that God might be leading us to as we're transformed into his image. And I don't know what any of this sounds like to you. <laughs> um, I wrote it, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but, I mean, I really felt like, obviously, God spoke it to me. A lot of the things I really prayed about, the things that I was going to share today with you. Um, it excites me because I believe that when people connect in community and when they experience some healing, that their hearts begin to change. And that great things then become possible. And guys, honestly, I'm not, a lot of the things I'm talking about here today is not really sexy stuff. <laughs> Most of it is like hard work. Addressing our junk, coming alongside other people who are addressing their junk, engaging our youth, serving vulnerable children and families is rarely glamorous. And honestly, it's, it's hard work that a lot of Christians and a lot of churches don't want to do. Because it requires a personal and a communal uh, an engagement that most people just don't want to make time for. So I've seen some unbelievable transformation stories in the lives of Wellspring people over the years. And so I've seen evidence of what God wants to do in community. And I am hungry and eager to see more and more of you learn what it means to be truly free, to be what it means to be fully alive in your faith and what Christ offers. Wellspring Church um, I, I really wrestled with this a little bit this past week. Um, and so I, I want you to hear this because um, I, feel, I feel like it's true. Is a Wellspring Church is not for everyone. And that's okay. 
right? The, the things that specifically God has called us to be as a church is not going to excite everyone that comes through the doors. As Adam kind of shared, like, it, it's a fairly challenging place. Um, I, I, I personally um, work really hard on my own faith and my own health to not stay stuck. I'm constantly trying to grow and learn, and I'm going to be constantly challenging and inviting you all to go to hard places as well, because I feel like we've got to figure out where the heart of God is, and we've got to move in that place, and, and obedience is always going to come in, in direct conflict with our comfort, always. And so it's just, this is not a comfortable place to be, nor should it be, <laughs> right? And so I know that's not going to be for everyone, but if it's for you, <laughs> if I haven't scared you away yet, um, then I really hope that we can dig in uh, in this next year house by house, life by life, not only in 2020, but beyond that. Um, and as I was laying in bed last night, uh, in the last moments of consciousness before I slipped off to sleep, and I was thinking about what I was going to say this morning, it was like the Spirit was just telling me, guys, the word for this year is courage. And so I, my prayer for you, my desire for you guys is that you would be courageous in some new way. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever maybe the next step is for you in your change and your growth as a follower of Christ, if that's to connect in community when you've never done that before, then I pray that you'd have the courage to do that. If it's to engage in the lives of others or to serve in the ways you've never done or to give in ways you've never done, to seek counseling maybe. If you know that your personal life, your marriage, relationships with your friends, your children are kind of a mess, I pray you'd have the courage to not stay unhealthy, that you'd have the courage to say, I need help, <laughs> and you'd begin to do that in the year ahead and um, put your heart out there. So one of the things about communion, we're going to wrap up today with communion, um, is that Jesus, this was a very courageous thing for Christ, obviously, to look his disciples in the eyes and say, hey, in a little bit, I'm going to go and my body's going to be broken, my blood's going to be poured out so that you guys can be free, and you probably don't understand what this is going to mean for your life and for the world. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. And, and so it takes courage for us to believe that that story is true, that God's broken body and poured out blood means something for us 2,000 years later today. And that as we engage in this um, ritual, that it continues to play out now in our own lives, that as we allow ourselves to be broken and poured out, that other people are healed and transformed and get to know the freedom that we found in Christ. So let's pray, and in a minute, our ushers will dismiss you guys, come up uh, to the front. You can tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup, um, and there's gluten-free option down at the end as well. Heavenly Father, thank you for this